to each of you again, and thank you for being here tonight to study God's Word together. If you have your Bibles this evening, let's go ahead and turn to the book of 1 Corinthians. We're going to take a little bit of a break from the Psalms tonight. I hope you're enjoying reading Psalm 94, meditating on it. Uh, I've really enjoyed that uh, every day. I get another little nugget out of it, but y'all remember that at the beginning of this year, I said that I would bring a series of messages about being a better follower of Jesus Christ and a better leader to those that God has called us to serve. So my mind has just really been turned to that again this week. And so the title of the message tonight is Leading in Our Relationships. Leading in Our Relationships. You know, the truth is, is that real leadership, success, can only be achieved by working with others. Do you all agree with that? You must be able to work with others. We see the Lord Jesus Christ himself, who needed no one. What did he do his 30 years, 33 years on the earth? He built relationships. He called men to follow him and and experienced life with him. He built relationships with his family. He built relationships with his disciples and those of his day. Uh, you know, the success of Providence Church will not rest on the back or the talent of just a few, or it'll fail. Uh, beloved, I hope we feel this way tonight. We're all in this uh, together. And so it's been so wonderful even working on the project back here is just how many different people have lent their time, their talents, their means, brothers, sisters, young people, older people, middle-aged people, people of, of varying talents, even people have come and helped that aren't even members of this church. And, and so uh, God has used all of that and used those relationships and he's been doing that here, and he does that among, and he's been doing that among his churches since uh, he established it when he was here among us. And he meant for it to be that way. But really, isn't all of our life, all our life is about relationships, husband and wife relationship, father and mother, parent-children relationship. Uh, we have our relationship within the church. You have relationships at your job you uh, have relationships at school and all of life really is about the relationships that we have and so I just want you to just really think about tonight and challenge yourself tonight to think about how is God using me in my relationships with others and how can I be used by God especially in those relationships where God might bless you to lead in those relationships because we'll destroy our leadership and our relationships if we try to domineer others or exploit others just for our personal gain. I've, I've been around uh, people like that, uh, people that even viewed themselves as, as great leaders and uh, they said about leadership that leadership was getting everybody else to do what you didn't want to do yourself. Well, I don't believe that that's what good leadership 
is about at all. But it's uh, <clears throat> what they're doing there is they're trying to domineer or exploit their relationships for their own personal gain. And that just uh, maybe it might have some short-term gain for that individual, but everybody else will be the loser for whatever organization they're a part of. Uh, I've seen this in I've seen it in uh, sports. I've seen it in education. I've seen it in the church. Sadly, where one person just tries to domineer, one person tries to exploit everybody else so that they can be uh, lifted up, and and the church languishes. And so, I just really want us to ask the Lord tonight. Lord, teach us from Your Word how to help me become a great relationship builder how to be able even to lead in relationship that you've given to me in, in my life. And the person that we're going to look at in the Bible is not a perfect example of this by any means. I, I do believe this person had a lot of great success uh, in this, and most of his success in this stemmed from the great relationship that he had with God. And that's where your and ours is also going to... Uh, uh, be blessed exponentially is when we take from the relationship with we have with God and how God leads us in our relationship with Him and then let that permeate into the rest of the relationship in our lives. Are y'all following me? Does this, does this uh, touch a chord uh, in your life? I hope so because this is something of extreme importance for uh, our walk with God and for our, our usefulness in the kingdom of God because we know that God works through these relationships that he has blessed us to have. So if you have turned with me in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, I just want this to be the springboard for us tonight and, and thinking especially about our relationship with one another in the kingdom of God because like I said David, we're going to look at a lot of David's relationships, and there's some things that David really failed in. And guess what? All of us are going to have to say, except by the grace of God, there go I as well. We could probably all think about relationships in our lives where we really missed the mark, where we should have done so much a better job. It might be a, a sibling, <laughs> you know, oh, our sibling rivalries, you know, or you might have that, that one sibling that just is so hard to deal with. They just constantly maybe have a, a bad spirit or bad attitude or constantly making bad choices in their life that is making life harder on the family and everyone. But the important thing is that, you know, sometimes in my life, one thing that God has really helped me to see is to learn to not give up on people, to not write people off. When I was younger and, and maybe before I, I, God helped me to see how bad that I could mess things up, how bad mistakes that I could make, when I saw other people doing that, I would just want to say, well, I just want to write them off. I just, I just don't want to be around that person. I, just, I wish that person would just go away, right? But God has not caused it. What if God did me that way? You know, wouldn't we all be estranged? from our loving Father and from the arms of our Savior if He dealt with us in that, in that way. And so we need this so much. And so I'm going to set before us some things that, that are ideals and, 
and, and things where I feel like David really did well, but also acknowledging that everybody except the Lord Jesus has made a lot of mistakes in this area, but in our relationships, we don't want to let our mistakes define us. We want to learn from them. We, we want to grow from them, and we want to improve them by the grace of God. So here the Apostle Paul is writing to the church at Corinth who apparently were having a lot of division, a lot of jealousies, a lot of turmoil uh, in their church. I'm so thankful that it's not that way here at Providence. You know, we should can always work for unity, always humbling ourselves, keeping a spirit of, 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 of servitude, of, of meekness, of foot washing before the Lord because then it's so hard for the devil to get in and divide and, and, and to um, bring about um, disharmony among the flock. But it was that case here. There was some sin involved. There was um, just some pride that was involved here. But I love what the Apostle Paul says here. Let's pick up on this, 1 Corinthians 3, 9, are you with me? And, and think about this of us as a church together. For we are laborers together with God. Man, what a relationship, right? What a wonderful statement. What a, what a joy to know that, uh, hey, it's not a big I and a little you in the kingdom of God. And it's not just like God saying, hey, I'm it, and I don't really need y'all, and uh, y'all are just kind of around, and y'all kind of get blessings off of who I am and what I do. Apostle Paul said, God has not designed it that way. Isn't that wonderful? But also, I'm glad that, that he's a part of what's happening in our lives. And that we're a part of his life. We are a part of, of what's in God's heart uh, that, that he desires. And, and we can know his heart. That's what we said about David's greatest relationship was with God. And he was known as the man, what? After God's own heart. Oh, how beautiful. So it says, oh, we are laborers together. This, this word laborer means fellow workers. Fellow workers together. And so there's, there's nothing in the kingdom of God. There's no sacrifice to me that should be too great to make. There's no service that should be too small for me to consider a great delight to do for my God because I'm a laborer together with God and my fellow laborers. That's the way we, we are to look at one another. He goes on. He, he, he builds upon that. And he says, ye are God's husbandry. You are God's husbandry. He said, you're, you're God's field. The husbandry has to do with farming, with, with tending a field or a vineyard. And he said, ye are God's building and it's in this relationship work that the church can become so strong together when we're intimate with one another when we're praying for one another when we're encouraging one another when we're caring for one another when we um are helping one another overcome even the faults and failings that we see in one another in love. It's a, it's a powerful thing. It's a wonderful thing. So I'm just, I'm just asking you to think about your relationship with your brothers and sisters in the church. 
Are you intentionally, am I intentionally seeking to build a positive, wonderful, beautiful, spiritual relationship as much as I can with every single brother and sister that I come in contact with? And so we should. And some because of age, some because of distance, some because of personality. We're going to be closer uh, to some than others. But in every relationship, we want to have a greater relationship and as good a relationship as we can possibly have. Yes. Oh, what mistakes parents made in the scriptures showing favoritism to their children and the jealousies that it caused and the turmoil that it caused. Even, even King David made some bad mistakes in that with his children. Remember how he doted on Absalom? You know, and, and uh, oh, it came back to hurt him uh, how uh, Jacob doted on Joseph and caused such jealousy among, among his brothers. But, but uh, we are just closer to some people naturally through different things, but, but, but we, should, we should view every single brother and sister in the church as just as important as everyone else to our heart and to our soul. Ready. Ready always to see God grow that and, and use that. So, just want now to just turn to a verse. Um, uh, this verse, I'll just be honest, really doesn't, it's not really speaking directly to what I'm going to talk about, but there's a phrase here that I want to use to just kind of uh, uh, think about to help us think about this message and think about this topic so in revelation chapter 3 turn with me there because we're talking about david tonight maybe your mind's already running about david you know his relationship with jonathan his relationship with saul um his relationship with his family his relationship with his enemies maybe your mind's already been running through all those stories that we've read about and, and talked about so much. I hope that it is. We're going to visit some of those tonight. But here in Revelation chapter 3, here uh, the angel, and to the angel, verse 7, and to the angel of the church in Philadelphia write, These things saith he that is holy. This is the Lord Jesus Christ. He that is true. Listen to this phrase. He that hath the key of David. He that openeth and no man shutteth, and shutteth and no man openeth. Now, it's very interesting that Christ is described as one that has the key of David. That's a, that's a neat phrase, isn't it, when we think about what is the key of David. Well, I'm going to kind of just use that thought of the keys of David and, and tie it in into um, the relationships that he had and the keys that he used to build and maintain good relationships across the spectrum of his life. But... What the, what the key of David is, and I think it does relate to us, uh, the key of David, if you'll study uh, in the Old Testament, uh, David had this vast treasury. He, he was so blessed by God. You remember how he saved up to build the temple, and he won so many battles, and so many people were uh, bringing um, gifts uh, to him uh, from surrounding nations, and he just stored it up, and he stored it up. Well, the key of David was the key uh, that was given to open up this great treasury. And so I want us to just kind of think about that tonight in our relationships. But there's, there's keys that can unlock treasures 
in my relationships with my wife, treasures in my relationship with my parents, treasures in my relationship with elderly people, treasures in my relationship with younger people, with young children, my grandchildren, treasures that can be opened up to me with my brothers and my sisters. Do you want those treasures? Do you say, oh, let me also use that great key of David and open up these treasures, these, these treasures in my life. Oh, and may we find ourselves enriched tonight. You know, when I've been studying through the book of the Psalms, most of the, 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 the bulwark of my studies is spent in C.H. Spurgeon. He wrote a commentary on every one of the Psalms, and he included his own thoughts and every good preacher's thoughts that he could find uh, in there. He includes anybody want to know what that series of books is called? Anybody know? Raise your hand if you know what that series is called, Mama. The Treasury of David, right? So we've been, we've been using the key of David to some degree, even in our study through the Psalms. But let's just begin this now uh, and go through this. Just really four things. The first thing that I want to talk about is his ability to lead in his relationship with his siblings. You know, this is one of the most important relationships that you're going to have in life. We have some, we have some siblings in here tonight, two little ones. Three older ones, right? We have some siblings. Everybody in here has had that relationship with brothers or sisters in the flesh. It's, it's, it's one of those relationships that really uh, have a powerful impact upon you. It can have an impact on you for good. It, it, it might can even have the opposite impact depending on how that, that you deal with that. And so just every person in here... I want you to think about the relationships that you have with your brothers and with your sisters. And what do you think the status is of those in your life? Is, is it what it should be? Is it all that it could be? Now, you know, David was in a unique position in his family, wasn't he? Because he wasn't the oldest, was he? But he was the what? The youngest, right? I'll never forget uh, going to Kesey, Kenya, meeting uh, Elder Dismark Obandi that pastors the uh, Singara Original Baptist Church there. He has this huge family, and he has these brothers. It's, it's kind of how I imagine David and, and his brothers. I mean, these guys are big guys. If y'all remember watching some of the baptism, you know, it took me and Marvin to baptize some of these guys. They're just mountain men. Uh, they're they're just huge and and they're just stair step just one after other kind of like uh, what's the old movie that we like Mama with uh, uh, all the brothers try to get married seven, brothers. seven wives for seven brothers right that's what it looked like there and uh, but Dismark is the youngest but God called him to preach and he's their pastor and they all look to him uh, as a leader. In their lives, it's a beautiful thing, even though they're very accomplished men in their own right, yet they see him as God's uh, messenger to them, and, the, and their spiritual leader is a beautiful thing. So you know the story about David, right? That uh, God said, I'm going to choose out a king, and I'm not going to choose one with the eye of the flesh like they did Saul. They picked Saul because he was a head taller than everybody else. He looked apart physically. There was something broken inside of Saul. Saul had a problem with relationships, didn't he? 
It was all about Saul. Talk about somebody that destroyed his own kingdom, right? Through domineering, through exploiting others. Even his relationship with Samuel, the man of God. Boy, that's just a case in point and side note there, right? Not the way that we want to be. Samuel is sent to the house of Jesse. He said, God sent me here to anoint the next king of Israel. Jesse's excited. Man, he brings out his firstborn. I, I don't know, was it Eliab? Maybe, I think that maybe that was the name of the firstborn. I, I might not get that right. Seems like that that's right in my memory. Strapping big guy. God says, no. <laughs> the next one, no, no, no. Don't you have any more sons? He said, well, I got the old scrubby run out there of mine in the fields. And he said, well, fetch him, get him, bring him. And he comes before him. And God said, that's my man. And he kneels down in front of all those, the house of Jesse. And he's anointed by Samuel the prophet to be the next king, the, the youngest. Mm. So we pick up the story. Y'all remember that there was a great battle, right? Y'all going to have to turn with me quick here. It's mostly going to be in 1 Samuel uh, in, this, in this area. Let's go to 1 Samuel 17. In his relationships with his siblings, let's just look at him here. 1 Samuel chapter 17, and I hope that, that you'll enjoy remembering some of these stories. So it's the great battle between the Israelites and the Philistines. Goliath is coming out and, and as they're champion and challenging and mocking God. And uh, let's pick up in the middle of the story, 1 Samuel 17, beginning in verse 17. Be thinking about your relationships with your brothers and sisters and where they stand right now in your life. I'm talking about your natural brothers and sisters, or maybe you have extended ones. First uh, Samuel 17, verse 17. And Jesse said unto David, his son, take now for thy brethren an ephah of this parched corn and these ten loaves, and run to the camp to thy brethren, and carry these ten cheeses unto the captain of their thousands, and look how thy brethren fare, and take their pledge. This is, a, this is an important part of our relationships with our siblings, that we're always looking out for their good. We want to see them blessed. We're happy when they're doing good. We're In our relationships, we're seeing, how are you doing? And I'm looking for your good and take their pledge. Now Saul, the men of Israel were in the valley of Elah and they were fighting with the Philistines. That's what was going on. Um, uh, so skip down to verse 22. And David left his carriage in the hand of the keeper of the carriage and ran into the army and came and what? He saluted his brethren. Well, one thing we see, David had a good relationship with Jesse, didn't he? His daddy. Because he did exactly what daddy said. He, he carried out daddy's orders to the T. Right? And I like, if you even notice in the story, that it says there that he, he didn't just forget what his work was and what his job was. He made sure that the sheep, which was kind of his responsibility, that they were taken care of while he went and did what his dad said that he could do because that was his part in the family that he was responsible for, right? But it wasn't just about him. It wasn't just about his job. He had time to do something that was important to his father. He had a love and a care for his brothers, right? But, you know, 
his brothers even spoke bad about David about this, didn't they? They, they were kind of, I think there was a little bit of jealousy going on between these brothers about David. And uh, let's look, let's just, uh, let's pick it up, uh, verse 28, and we'll see that we see this. And Eliab, uh, David just, he's seen this Philistine, he's, he's asking, you know, well, what's going on here? You know, this is news to him. He, he's kind of shocked by all this. And Eliab, there, there he is, his eldest brother heard when he spake unto the men, and Eliab's anger was kindled against David and said, Why camest thou down hither? And with whom hast thou left those few sheep in the wilderness? I know thy pride and the naughtiness of thy heart, for thou art come down that thou mightest see the battle. Man, you ever been treated by your siblings this way? Right? Misjudged your heart? Misjudged uh, your actions? I mean, David was right in everything. He did everything just right and was still treated like a doormat, wasn't he? By the oldest. Hard to take that sometimes. Hard to take the, those things in a family sometimes. Those wounds, those hurts, those things. Try to uh, be one that doesn't um, react to things in the way that Eliab did. But I love what David said. David didn't strike back at his elder brother and say, you know what? I, th- I thought you were something, Iliad, but now I know that you're just a big old chicken. Because here this giant is, and you're all talking about how tough and how great you are, but you're over here shaking in your armor with everybody else. No, he, he, he takes the personal stuff. He just puts all that personal stuff aside. That's beautiful, isn't it? Because he was just a young man. He, he didn't let that detract him from what was in his heart which was love for his family, love for God's people, and love for the glory of God. And David said, what have I now done? He said, how can you fault me? He said, is there not a cause? Ooh, that just resonates deep in me. And what about the cause in our siblings and in our relationships with them? Don't we want to be used by God to point them to Christ? To see the glory and the beauty that is in Him and to point them toward that relationship through our relationship with them. Well, that's powerful now. God's used me that way in some of my own siblings with my brother Marvin and my sister Lydia. I know God used me in both of their conversions through their own testimony. The love, the, the care, the the uh, mentorship, the discipleship in there. God did all the saving. God deserves all the glory, but he used that relationship that we had and that was built in there to change their lives, to change their lives. See, even though David had been anointed, what I love here is that he served with humility. Maybe, Maybe you're the best and brightest of the whole group of your brothers and sisters. Maybe you're more talented. Maybe you're smarter. Maybe you make better decisions than than all of them. And maybe you think, well, they should all kowtow to me. Or maybe we would just be like David and said, you know what? These are my brethren. I care about them. I love them. But I love the cause of God the most. 
And it's not beneath me to be looked at as a servant. He served with humility, didn't he? Oh, and how God gives grace to the humble and lifted David up above his brethren. Even though he was humble, I love this too. He was not afraid to take a stand. Now, you got to do this with siblings sometimes too, don't you? And they have to do it with you. Sometimes you got to have some courage. Sometimes it can't just be go along to get along. But just making a stand don't mean that you don't love people. It doesn't mean that you think that you're better than them. But you can be used by God to speak God's truth in love into their life. Who could speak more into their life than a blood brother or sister? Beloved. And that they know that love you. Oh, David embraced his siblings in spite of their faults, in spite of their failures, in spite of their fears. And he led them. Said, Brother Nathan, how do you know that? Go with me to 1 Samuel 22, and we'll close this point out. He led, he was able to lead in his relationship with his siblings, even though that he was the youngest. Look at this. Look at, look at how it ended up. 1 Samuel 22, David therefore departed thence and escaped to the cave Adullam. And when who? And when his brethren and all his father's house heard it, they went down thither to him. They became some of David's greatest companions and followers and helpers in his Davidic dynasty. And I believe it was because of the attitude in the heart that David had and showed uh, to them. And they knew that what his heart was wasn't that David might be exalted, but that God might be exalted and that all their lives would be blessed together. Is that beautiful? Oh, I did, so I just pray for every one of you and for myself that in our relationship with our siblings, that we would, we would lead in a way that God would be pleased to, to use our relationship to draw us all closer together to Christ, to point us toward that cause, to uh, look out for one another for good, to take stands in one another and for one another in our lives. I love that. Well, also... It was just beyond, a lot of people do good with their family, but what about outside the family? I want to talk about David's ability to lead in his relationship with his friends, and I've got to start moving uh, closer. And this is mostly with, with Jonathan, y'all know. First uh, Samuel 18, just going to uh, look at the love they had for each other. First Samuel 18, 1 through 4, And it came to pass, when he had made an end of speaking unto Saul, that the soul of Jonathan was knit with the soul of David. And Jonathan loved him as his own soul. Man, what, what, well, how wonderful to have a friend like that. So I want you to think about your friends now, the friends that you have. And Saul took him that day and would let him go no more to the home to his father's house. So he's kind of separated from his siblings now. Then Jonathan and David made a covenant because he loved him as his own soul. And Jonathan stripped himself of the robe that was upon him and gave it to David and his garments, even to his sword and to his bow and to his girdle. Man, what a friendship. And, and, and Jonathan was above David. Uh, Jonathan was the next in line to be king. He was the prince of Israel. 
And yet, he loved David so much. He said, I love him as my own soul. And I believe that was because of the spirit that was within David. And, and men and people and friends were attracted to David. Remember his mighty men? Remember, Brother Kevin, how that David just said that one time, I just wish I had a cup of water from that well where I grew up uh, when I was young, and they broke through the whole garrison of the Philistines just to get him a cup of water and bring it to him. And David was up such a great heart. He said, I'm not even worrying this. I can't even drink it. And he poured it out as an offering to God. The people love you like that. The people want to be your friend like that. A friend that loveth at all times. A friend that sticketh closer than a brother. One that is born for adversity in the life. David would not let jealousy hinder their relationships, though the way that Saul was. Uh, go quickly, 1 Samuel 20, 14 through 17. And when Saul sent messengers to David, she said, He is sick. And Saul sent the, uh, that, that's uh, 19, I'm sorry. I got to slow down a little bit. Slow down. 1 Samuel 20, 14. And thou shalt not only, while yet I live, show me the kindness of the Lord that I die not, but also thou shalt not cut off thy kindness from my house forever. No, not when the Lord hath cut off the enemies of David, every one from the face of the earth. So Jonathan made a covenant with the house of David, saying, Let the Lord even require it at the hand of David's enemies. And Jonathan caused David to swear again, because he loved him, for he loved him as he loved his own soul. And then you know at the end when Saul and Jonathan are both, both killed and David comes to power, he asks a question almost immediately in one of his first acts. He said, is there anybody left of the house of Saul and of Jonathan that I can show kindness to? Oh, that's a friend that even went beyond the grave. And y'all know about Mephibosheth, the little lame boy that sat with all the king's sons. All the days of his life, he was provided for like he was one of David's own sons. Leading in our friends, David would not let jealousy hinder the relationship. David would not let others hinder the relationship. David would not forget about their relationship. You know, it's amazing sometimes about, about friends and, and true friends. They, they stick with you through the hard times. They're, they they they're happy. You how you know how when you have a real friend, they're not jealous of you. When something good happens for you, they're thrilled. They're so happy. And when something good happens for them, you're happy for them because they're your friend. Oh, don't let jealousy. Don't don't let others get in the way and hinder the relationship. Don't forget about. Your friends. Isn't it amazing what Jesus said to the disciples? Do you remember? And he says it to you and to me tonight. He calls us brother. He calls us sister. But he also said, ye are my friend. What a friend we have in Jesus. To be a friend. Like him, should be one of the highest goals that we should have in this life. He also had an ability to lead in relationship with his enemies. Y'all know David would 
David would not try to take revenge and vengeance. David knew how to trust in God's sovereignty even with his enemies. Mostly we'll talk about Saul, right? Not only Saul, but Shimei. Y'all remember how Shimei treated him when Absalom ran David out of town and he cursed David? And David's mighty man said, let me, let me kill that dog for he cursed God's anointed. David said, don't. God will take care of it. Just leave him alone. And God did. Shimei was scared to death when David came back to the throne. But David wouldn't let anybody touch him in his lifetime. And Saul hunted David, hated David, did David dirty over and over again. And then when God put him in his hands in the cave where David was hiding, and all the men and his friends around him said, Take your, take the throne, take his life, run him through. David said, I will not touch the Lord's anointed. Do my prophets no harm. And even when he cut off his robe, says Saul, here's your garment. Even David's conscience was pricked that he had even done that. And I just want to just read one place in 2 Samuel, if you'll turn with me there. Um, let, me, let me see. Uh, this one might be in, in 1 Samuel, the one that I wanted that was so good. Um, yeah, 1 Samuel, 1 Samuel, let's go there, 24, 16 through 19. I, I know I'm down to two minutes, y'all. I'm, I'm going to get there, I promise. Uh, 1 Samuel here, 24, 16 through 19. It came to pass when David had made an end of speaking these words unto Saul that Saul said, now Saul hated David. He tried to pin him with a javelin against the wall. He, he made men swear that they wouldn't eat. Until they took the life of David, even his own son, Jonathan. Jonathan had to disobey him and took honey for herself, you remember. But God said, when a man's ways please the Lord, even his enemies will be at peace with him. Is this thy voice, my son, David? And Saul lifted up his voice. And wept. And he said to David, Thou art more righteous than I, for thou hast rewarded me good, whereas I have rewarded thee evil. And I showed this day how that thou hast dealt with well with me, for as much as when the Lord had delivered me into thy hand, thou killest me not. For if a man find his enemy, will he let him go well away? Wherefore the Lord reward thee good for that that thou hast done unto me this day. David loved Saul. Even though Saul made him his terrible enemy. And do y'all remember when Saul was killed and Jonathan was killed and David heard the news? Did he rejoice? Oh, yeah, finally. The, that guy's dead. Oh, he wept. And he wrote those beautiful words about them and made them go get their bodies away from the enemies. Even in our relationship with our enemies, what did Jesus say? Love your enemies. That's probably the highest form of spiritual maturity that, that one could hope to attain to. I'm probably the quietest I've ever been in my life. I was determined I was going to one time pray for my enemies. 
That was probably the quietest moments I ever had in my life because I didn't know how. Didn't know what to say. His ability to lead in relationship in the worship of God. David knew how to back up and admit when he was wrong. David led others to worship with a whole heart and unashamed. I'm thinking about all that, you know, several instances when he wanted to get uh, the ark. And you remember Uzzah, was it Uzzah? No, yeah, it was Uzzah, reached out, touched the ark, and, and David backed off. But then he saw that, that the place where it was was blessed, and he came back, and he danced before the Lord. With all his might, he led them. Every, it, sounds like, it was like something like every time the ark went six foot, David said, stop, let me make a sacrifice to God. When he bought the place, he said, he said such a great example, I'm not going to serve the Lord in a way that it costs me nothing. Even when he numbered Israel and sinned against God and brought a, a, a plague upon the land, he, he went and he atoned for it so that the plague was stayed. All those things he he led in, in relationships of leading people to, to worship God. All the Psalms are about that. May we also lead in relationship with our siblings, lead in, in relationship with our friends, lead in relationship even with our enemies, but especially to lead in those relationships where we have opportunity to help people worship God in spirit and in truth. May the Lord bless you and keep you as our prayer.